So what's up, man? Not much, dude. I just, uh, mom called me a second ago um, asking if I was, um, you know, safe because I guess Atlanta is getting burned down at the moment and, um, <laughs> and uh, they're like burning down like the Wendy's all around Atlanta. And um, I guess there are people protesting on 75 and I mean, I'm just sitting in my car. <laughs> But yeah, it's really going on. Wow. It's, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I'm watching it right now on TV. Like 75 and uh, and I 85 are shut down because protesters are walking up the highway. Sheesh, I didn't even know that. I mean, they, I'm pretty sure they did just kill somebody in Atlanta though. So. Oh heck yeah, man! I just watched the video. Yeah. I mean, yeah. holy crap! I mean, out of every time, it's wrong. Now more than ever is not the time. Like. <laughs> like tensions are incredibly high like you know whether someone is armed or not like th- th- that should be your last resort always but like what the heck? yeah i just saw where the police chief resigned yeah yeah so supposedly the naacp um i guess called for a resignation and she resigned within just a few hours so yep it's pretty wild sheesh i didn't even know that yep i know it's crazy man well what you guys up to uriel i heard you had an intense surgery well i mean look that's true that's true i mean uh we'll just skip the intro this time and just jump straight in but uh, oh yeah no you do the intro and then we'll and then we'll jump into it Oh, well, yeah, yeah, we usually like to do a cold open now anyway. So this is actually, that was actually perfect, perfect conversation to have before uh, okay. we started. But uh, this is uh, episode 24, perhaps, of uh, the Thought Police, your two favorite boys on your favorite podcast. And uh, we're at it again this week with uh, old cousin James, uh, uh, Ethan's cousin, not, not mine. I don't have any cousins <laughs> named James, but uh, obviously. Uh, Bro, I'm your cousin. That's true. We're cousins by spirit, just not by blood. So by spirit, a hundred percent. So uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. So the the uh, the uh, the the rumors are true. I have had uh, my gallbladder removed, and it did hurt. It did hurt. But you know, <laughs> I'm on the mend. Man, uh, uh, I guess a quick story from that is uh, I I didn't sleep much the night before I got the surgery. So uh, I was telling Ethan, <laughs> I thought it was funny that. Um, before they put you under, right, they give you like this IV of, of drugs to like relax you so that the anesthesia, I guess, uh, hits, hits eat more easy. Yeah. And after that, I was just so tired that like, I remember they rolled me in they rolled me into that room and like, I was already like, like if I had closed my eyes, I probably would have fallen asleep. And they, they put, they gave me some oxygen. They were like, take two hits of this oxygen. And as soon as I did that, I was out. I fell asleep. I was like, Game um, over. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we'll, we'll administer the anesthesia through your IV. And then they put that on my face. And after that, I was like, yeah, that's it. And then I just woke up. And I remember I woke up and I was like kind of curled up because I guess my body was like, you're in pain because it hurt. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's so so what so what prompted a, um, a gallbladder surgery? Uh I had like, so I had like these really intense pains in my right upper abdomen and I've had 
you know, I've had some of these pains, not intense, but like aches, aches there before yeah. a lot over like the past two years. Right. I have to say a very long time because I remember yeah. he actually didn't. You, yeah. He went to the doctor about yeah, it. Yeah, I'd gone to the doctor about it before. You know, thought, so me and the doctor were just like a little gassy, maybe. But yeah, he was like, he was like, oh, you know, maybe just your posture because he felt around with his hands. I don't know what yeah. that did really, but felt around with his hands uh, in that area. And he was like, uh, everything seems normal. He's like, just uh, maybe improve your posture some. That might be it. And I was like, I don't know, but okay. So, you know, and then for a while, like it would be like an on and again, off again kind of thing. Like sometimes it would hurt for like a couple of days, like, but like later towards the day, maybe like at night, it would always hurt. And then sometimes, you know, I just forget about it because it just didn't come around that often. And then this last time I was like, it hit me like in the middle of the day and I was like, holy crap, it hurts so bad. And like, I thought I could just, you know, wish it away, just like just lay down and it would go away eventually. But it wouldn't yeah. go. It just wouldn't go. And uh, went to the emergency room because I was like, you know, if there's something seriously wrong with me. It's hurt this long for uh, this amount of time. Gotta go see what's going on. And like, they were like, oh, your pancreas is really inflamed. You have pancreatitis. And they're like, we want to figure out what it is causing it and they did a scan of my gallbladder they did this thing where they injected me with some substance that goes through like my liver my gallbladder my lower intestine and it like takes pictures and then after that they were like yeah we couldn't see your gallbladder at all it's not working like at all and i was like oh oh wow yeah they were like yeah you should go to your they were like go to your go to your uh general doctor and get him to recommend you to a surgeon like within two weeks and i was like all right i'll do that Oh, okay. So this is this is from where you went to the doctor a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. This is the final result. I got you. They were like, okay. they were like yeah, go ahead and get that taken out. So hopefully, hopefully this issue is, you know, that was, that was the, I mean, I'm not ever really sick, like ever. And I'm not ever like really like ill. So this was hopefully the, the last, this, this is hopefully the last chapter of my health issue. So. Man, I've been there before. That that pain in the upper right side is tough. I, I, I had to go to a doctor before with similar pains, but um yeah, I think it I think honestly mine really did have a lot to do with my posture. I was like on my computer a lot, like laying on the couch and I started noticing the pains there and I think it was just from like eating and then bad posture and so yeah. I made a concerted effort to sit up and it went away, thankfully. Yeah. So can't really eat any fatty foods for the next two to possibly three months while my body, you know, readjust. Like, so, so potentially, like, what does that entail for you in the future? Like, m like more intense poops? That's what that's what I <laughs> led to believe. That's what I've been led to believe that. You know, that's I've heard, heard I've heard more intense and and smellier, dude. So you know, certain, like, a certain man we like to call big pop. Certain man I call Big Slop has alluded to the fact that as soon as I eat anything greasy, it'll just rush through my body like damn right yeah. bush, and I'll just be on the toilet before I can blink. So I'm expecting Shoot. that. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm going to blame him. You know, I've always, I've always I'd be said, you know, would it be terrible just to have like the easiest poops? I don't know. I think that sometimes that might be a great thing. Look, one one minute you sit down, you spend the next twelve wiping. So that's that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. <laughs> next twelve wiping. Yeah, I feel that. You got to get those baby wipes, man. That's a game changer. The wet, yeah, wet wipes. Wet wipes will change your whole life. You know, you'll have the freshest tush in the game. Honestly, not sponsored, right? Not sponsored yet, but if we.
Not well, yet. <laughs> you know, actually, before this, I thought we had uh, we got we hit the gold. We were like, wow, somebody's found us because we got a message to turn on sponsorships because we had had a uh, somebody who wanted us to run an ad, and we were like, oh, this could be a big break. But what? But it was actually just for the. Uh, it was just from Anchor, the app, telling us to make an ad for them, saying that anybody can make a podcast on Anchor. So, oh, there you go. You just, you just, I mean, hey, you just pitched it. There you go. Good job. Yeah, turn it on. Well, now. They, there we go. They use a Get script. It has to be like thirty seconds. So, wow. Look, I might oh, do really? it, dude. I might do it, and then just put it like in the middle of this episode. So we do it. We can get those sweet anchor bucks. I remember I made a fake ad one time to run on here, and I like I read it. It was a podcast that we have that we didn't release. There's like two episodes that we have just sitting sitting in the vault. Oh no! But uh, I made a a fake ad, and I told Uriel that it was real. But (laughs) like I just wrote up an advertisement for a magazine called dad fancy like cat fancy and uh uriel believed it he stopped me like mid-read and he was like wait are you serious he was like are you serious no this is real then i was like yeah dude it's from dad fancy magazine man it's about all things dad and he was like dead serious craziest story i heard this story on this podcast about this guy who um who went to ihop i think it was and he asked them to make a sloppy Joe or something. And that's true. Hey, big slop, big slop. <laughs> Bro, I was just taken aback by that story. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it's a true story. I, um, man, hopefully he tipped the, the waiter really well, though. It's crazy, right? I mean, he probably left half of the sloppy Joe there and said, that's good enough. He said, you can't get those. You, a little for me. Yeah. Well, how how you guys Look, been you'll... holding up with uh, with uh, coronavirus and protests and all that going on? I'm surviving. I've been doing quite well. Doing a lot of reading, a lot of reading recently. Um, which I was gonna say, I send you a bunch of Snapchats of all the weird stuff and the books that I'm reading. Um, yeah, man, those are very interesting. But uh, yeah, it's like it's pretty it's crazy, right? Stuff, man. Yeah, it really is. A bunch of talks of like wieners yeah. and stuff. That's a those those were all recommended by Big Slop himself. Oh, that's right. um, good read. He enjoys enough, a good so. sloppy Joe and an erotic novel. Yeah, <laughs> sloppy Joe and like yeah, sloppy. Well, in the making. <laughs> yeah, it probably is, dude. Early two thousands, Will Ferrell, dude. It this would have been, been a hit. I think enjoyed... Sloppy he Joe and erotica. <laughs> do what he enjoys both at once (laughs) yeah i believe it yeah probably just imagine that scene i don't want to i don't want to think about it uh (laughs) but yeah dang well uriel i'm glad that uh that you're on the man man i uh i hate that you went through that that's crazy that's true you know uh we all go through things in life and uh you know we all come out better for it so you're right. I'm a lot better. You know, surprisingly, <laughs> I'm a lot better here in day five than I was on day one. So that's really good. Can move around. Got a lot more. Got a lot more movement. Uh, you know, I was never they, in the instructions, the discharge instructions, because it's like an outpatient procedure, so you can leave like an hour after it's over. Um, it says uh, 
like the first day, if you're nauseous, excuse me, I had to burp. Uh, if if the first day, if you're nauseous, you can only like drink liquids and like liquid foods and stuff. But if you're, you know, if you feel fine, just go ahead and eat uh, the low fat, low fat diet. So good thing is I haven't had to stick to anything uh, liquid. I've been able to eat, you know, whole wheat, rice, veg. Nice. So. Didn't you have to sleep sitting yeah, up for like the first oh, yeah, two yeah. nights or something like yeah. that? Yeah, so oh. the first three days, the most painful part of this all has been, so th this procedure, they 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 make three small incisions on you, right? They make three small incisions, and then they make an incision in your belly button. And then they pump up your abdomen with this, like, I think it's just CO2, it's gas. They pump it up with this gas, harmless gas, so that when they stick this device that has like a camera in it that like... Uh, goes in there and like makes the cuts and takes the gallbladder out so it can see better. So, and then when like they close you back up, they like kind of suck some, they suck the gas out of you. And, uh, they, don't, they obviously can't get it all. So right. all the pain that you feel is the gas, like still in there. Like you Deeping through your bones. Yeah. 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 It just comes out your skin. Like it just comes out. Yeah. That's uh so Megan had a surgery a few years ago and she had to do the, uh, something similar. And, um, the doctor, whenever she got out, they were like, yeah, just take it easy. Um, you know, a couple of days, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a week try to take it easy. And I was like, uh, well, unfortunately we're heading to Disney, um, in a couple of days. So, you know, Megan, I guess I'm going to be riding all these rides without you. And, um, we went down to Disney and, uh, prompt, we, we promptly got on this, uh, dinosaur ride at, uh, Animal Kingdom. And I hadn't ridden that ride in, I don't know, five years or so. And, she was like, uh, is this ride um, rough, James? And I said, no, I think you'll be fine, as she's, like, wincing in pain standing in line. And um, we get on the ride, <laughs> and it proceeds to shake her to death. Oh, it's literally God. one of the roughest rides at Disney. <laughs> oh, God. So, ultimately, what we learned from that was that I was a helper. Um, because, in the end, it shook all the gas out of her. Um, and she enjoyed the rest of the trip. Um, yeah, she cried a little, um, and screamed at me after we got off the ride, but, um, the next couple of days were a lot better for her. So, you know, I, I was kind of a hero in that moment. Uh, <laughs> it just it made did. your relationship um, stronger. You know, it, it ruined our trust a little bit, but she knew <laughs> that I had well intentions, you know, like it was important for me to get on that ride and see the dinosaurs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I get it, but yeah. So yeah, she's gone through the same thing and uh, yeah, she was, she was in a lot of pain with the gas, the gas pains are the real deal. So what have you been up to during the quarantine, oh, man? I've been uh, selling these houses, boy. Yeah. Hit me, hit me up. Yeah, real, I real saw James, yesterday. Uh, you know, hit me up, James Mitchell, jmitch8685 on the on the Instagram, slide in the DMs. I'll sell you a house. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it's been crazy. The interest with coronavirus, interest rates are super low. So these people getting loans and trying to buy houses. Um, it's been a little nuts. What what I what's been happening is that um, sellers aren't selling as much because you know they're like, I don't want people in my house because of coronavirus but yeah. people who are working and still have jobs they're like man these interest rates are crazy i'm like saving thousands and thousands of dollars on a loan so 
I'm going to try to buy a house now. And there's just not enough houses to buy. So like there's the competition is crazy. We put an offer on a house uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was listed for 170. We put an offer in for 185, 185,000, 15,000 above list price. The house sold for $205,000. Yeah. So it sold for $35,000 more than what it was listed for. So grief. Yeah, it's crazy out here in, in them streets. So right now but, it's time. Oh yeah. If you if you want to sell a house, sell your house now because um I mean there's so many buyers. But um but yeah, so now that Georgia's kinda opened back up, the um the opportunities are 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 there for buyers. There's a lot more inventory. So um yeah, I've I've had a lot of recent success. Uh, I've got four houses under contract now. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been nuts, but yeah. And then just trying to wrap my head around, uh, you know, everything that's going on in the world with, uh, the black lives matter movement and the protests and, um, you know, fighting people on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, man. You've been going on people. On family specifically. Sometimes you just have to call people out. So I'll just put it out there. I'm for Black Lives Matter. You know, I'm, I'm about it. I mean, you know, I don't understand how there's people out there that don't understand it. Um, but, you know, that's part of being white privileged is that, you know, it's hard to understand someone else's perspective, um, particularly people of color. Um, but, yeah, so I've been just posting, sharing memes on uh, on Facebook and things that I agreed with and um, you know people immediately comment you know I'm I say black lives matter yeah but all lives matter oh yeah but cops lives matter yeah but 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 this but the riot but you know the looting and so then I proceed to go in and say there's no but to it black lives matter that's the movement if you if your first comment on this post is but something you're wrong. And so basically that's kind of what I've been saying. And yeah, I've gotten in a, a few um, arguments with family members. Um, Ethan has had the pleasure of reading and enjoying those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy, man. Cause I posted something about it too, but uh, nobody said anything on mine, which I was glad about. Cause I really don't want to get into an argument with anybody just because I would yeah. end up getting mad and just like, yeah, blocking them or something. So you're you're pretty yeah. good at keeping your composure. I mean, I I would just I've, get mad. Honestly, I think that I could approach it better. I mean, there have been times where I've, um, you know, maybe been a little demeaning in the way that I've approached people because of how frustrated I am that people don't understand it. Uh, and you know, I'm the poster boy for white privilege. Like I I am, so I understand it. You know, and I understand that there's people who who really struggle, you know, there's white people out there who really, really struggle and have grown up in poverty. And, you know, it's harder for them sometimes to understand white privilege um, because, you know, they can't wrap their mind around what that actually means. Um, But, you know, I've probably been a little demeaning in the way that I've approached people on Facebook. And so they've gotten a little upset and and I think there's probably a couple of people that don't ever want to talk to me ever again, but, um, you know, this is what I told Megan, and I, I actually reached out to um, to one of our cousins and apologized for hurting her feelings. But um, 
but yeah, I, I told Megan, you know, ultimately what matters is that the conversations are happening and people, you know, I, I do think that I'm kind of on the right track with the words that I'm saying on Facebook, um, with the black lives matter movement and understanding white privilege and systemic racism. And I think that, you know, though I may piss some people off, um, if there's someone that reads it and is like, dang, you know what? I was kind of on the fence about this or, you know, I never really thought about it like that. You know, if there's just one or two or three people that have read what I've had to say and, you know, are kind of understanding what, what the black lives movement means, um, then it's a win. So, you know, if I piss off my cousins and, you know, hopefully we'll make up and we'll be fine. But if, 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 I, if I can change a couple of hearts along the way, then I feel like I've done a, a good thing, hopefully. So. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, man. Cause even just like in our family, I'm going to just call everybody out, I guess. Um, it seems like the only people who really are like all about this is like, you know, me, you, Seth, obviously, Erica, obviously, um, Caleb, obviously. I've Caleb seen him post a lot of that. things about it. Um, um, it seems yeah, like I've, I've noticed. It seems like um, Jonah and Alana and, you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, but it's amazing. The younger gener- yeah, the younger, the younger of is, the... Is, is, is understanding it, for sure. Um, you know, and, and I... I told, I talked to Troy today, um, Troy McEvitt, he was in my wedding. Um, he, uh, I was talking to him today and I was like, (laughs) you know, I definitely need to be better about my approach. I need to be better about, you know, you know, obviously like helping people understand to be empathetic towards black people and people of color and the oppressions that they faced throughout their whole lives. I mean, you know, like, obviously, that's the the thing that we need to focus on. But also, in the same sense, the white community who maybe doesn't understand it, you know, I can't be a dickhead to them. You know, maybe I need to be a little more empathetic in my approach to them as well, because, you know, as we've grown up in such a white privileged community, you know, it's like, am I to be the one that puts them down and craps on them because, you know, their brain has just been processed to think differently about systemic racism that, you know, it's not a thing and it doesn't exist. Um, So, you know, I I do need to be a little more empathetic and, you know, be a little kinder in my approach. You know, I felt like I wasn't too mean, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ethan, but, you know, I think I was just maybe a little too personal (laughs) and that's what maybe hurt their feelings. But, I think, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I think that's probably what it was. I don't think you were. I never saw you yeah. really be mean I think to anybody. It was more that they felt like but also, I was discrediting their struggle. And that's, and that's the thing is that, like, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to discredit anyone's struggle. Like, and this is a conversation Caleb and I had. Uh, cousin Caleb, amazing, great-looking guy. Go follow him on Instagram. Um, but he, um, <laughs> you know, we were talking about it, like, Okay, so say that there's a, 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 a white girl that, you know, grows up in a poor town, you know, say Cedartown, and, uh, you know, say that she, you mm-hmm. know, grows up in poverty, she grows up in abusive household, um, you know, they're, 
the the worst things imaginable you know could happen to her in that household okay and then take a take a black person who maybe hasn't had to deal with that you know i'm not discrediting the fact that that white girl has had like a tremendous struggle and like she's been you know hurt in like a horrible horrible way like i understand that and i that's horrible and it and it breaks my heart that that could happen to someone the the point is that the black lives matter movement is basically saying none of those things have anything to do with you being white you know yes your your struggle is still real exactly. and it still sucks and it still is terrible terrible like the worst but right now we're focusing on the fact that a community of people 37 million people in this country are feeling hurt and brokenhearted because they've had a system that's worked against them for centuries. And, you know, we need to focus on that right now, you know, like that's what we're focusing on. We need to get better about that. Um, Not to say that, you know, that struggle doesn't suck. It does. It really does. But, you know, saying, but this or but that, or but this girl and whatever, you know, that's what kind of deflects from the movement that's happening. And it's oddly discrediting oh, yeah, its own way sure. to say stuff like that yeah. anyway, you know? Sorry, I'm, I'm like deep boy over here. That's true, but this is actually good because this is all part of the conversation. Uh, part, of, part of the conversation that I actually wanted to have as well. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Facebook and, you know, the, the conflicts and, and uh, conversations that are had on there. And obviously, as you know, I do not have Facebook anymore. I, I've been, you know, Facebook, Instagram free since... Uh, uh, like January of this year, so you know I've been Good off for you, bro. Good I've been you, I've been off, but I will say the the craziest posts still make it to me, some one way or another. Be it be it through be it through the boys on on the chats or just things go viral on the on other parts of the internet. So I'm still able to see a lot of things, a lot of the craziest things that are being said. And to me, this is what I, I was talking to Ethan about this earlier, and this is what I wanted to bring up on this episode is how much I think that Facebook has damaged the psyche the just the way people think facebook and maybe a lot of social media in general has just damaged how people think in general about you know these sorts of events and like just how arranged people can talk about these things um like especially in facebook groups like the example that i see especially locally that i see is that polk county event page yeah one of the absolute craziest and most outlandish unhinged things are said about like protesters or or just anything that these people do not agree with and how much extremism is being drawn out because they see oh other people online think this way let me one up them let me take it a step further and see if they react positively to this yes. so like which is crazy that's i mean but, oh i'm sorry i interrupted go ahead <laughs> go ahead well i was okay yeah all right so what i was gonna say was like no, the biggest example I see of this, and one that's crossed into the real world, and I can only see crossing into the real world even more, is the the post, the obviously fake post that people are sharing, where it's like Antifa is renting buses from across the country and coming to your small town to destroy and loot it. And you see all these people taking this at face value because they saw it on Facebook. So they're like, this obviously is happening. Somebody saw it. Why would they post about it if it's not true? So they post these things 
their faults, obviously, because why would anyone rent a bus like these? These people think that this is a well-funded organization, and it's not. It's not an organization at all. And they, 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 you see, like I've seen videos of people like with guns in these small towns, like watching roads and stuff, making sure that these buses aren't coming when these buses do not exist. And I don't know if you saw this story. I don't know if you saw this story, but I was reading this story earlier about um, a CSU student athlete. This is in Colorado, who was mistaken. This 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 old man thought that this this student athlete from CSU, Colorado State University, was an Antifa an Antifa soldier, and he held him and another student down at gunpoint um, until the cops arrived and arrested this man. And I just wanted to read a, a quick little piece from this from this uh, article. So it says. Two roofing salesmen allegedly were forced to the ground at gunpoint by a Loveland man on Thursday who reportedly mistook them for Antifa members. One of the victims is a Colorado State University student-athlete. The incident happened at 6 p.m. in the 600 block, blah, blah, blah. Police initially received a call from a man who reported seeing two men wearing dark clothes and masks. The caller described the pair to police as members of Antifa, and he would track them down and hold them until officers arrived. A short time later, police received another call about a man armed with a rifle and wearing tactical gear holding two people on the ground at gunpoint. Oh, my gosh. The thing was, do you know what these two students were? They were literally just, like like it said, roofing salesmen because there had been hail in the area and homes had roof damage. They had a mask on because coronavirus is still happening. They had to cover their masks their <laughs> work. And this guy in just... So out of his head on Facebook posts about Antifa goes out in quote unquote tactical gear. This is a 65 year old man. Wow. Hold these two young men at gunpoint. Like, you know, I always, I always <laughs> talk to my, um, my sister and I think I've talked to you about this before, Ethan is like, you know, I think one of the unfortunate things and, you know, I'm not trying to uh, discredit our older community, but um we were kind of raised on the internet and we were raised through like chat rooms and, you know, playing on playstations and, you know, understanding that idea. And like at a really young age, you know, in like middle school where heck for Ethan, you were probably elementary school um, on the internet, but you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because like we grew up knowing like, yeah, that, that definitely looks fake. You know, we've kind of learned how to like weed out the fake stuff. And like, you know, our generation specifically has learned over time and just experience, you know, that, you know, that not to believe everything that you read. And I think that that's kind of true of our generation in general is that we question everything, which is not bad, but for the older generation, it's, you know, it's funny because they're always like, don't don't trust everything you believe as you were growing up. Those are the things that they would say. And now it seems like, um, you know, definitely for, you know, my mom and some of our other family members, they're quick to share literally the um, the onion articles that uh, circulate and uh, believe that it's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, even there was recently like last week, I think it was last Sunday. um, there was that post going around that was like, yeah. oh, we're going to loot Cedar Mom, Town, you Mom know, and it started out remember. the first place it named she in said, the post. They're about to they're about to burn down. <laughs> she probably believed it. <laughs> the first place they mentioned in the in the whole little uh, 
riding and the whole little ride up was the the vape shop who what like that right away should have tipped you off that this is not a real thing i mean come on of all the places the first place they're gonna go is the vape shop and then wait even worse let me just say this too that sunday night at work we had let me think Seven, about seven or eight police cars parked in wow. front of the store oh and going Lord. around the parking lot. So, Ethan, lot. gun sales at your place of uh, work going up during this time? Really? Oh, they've Why's stopped that? them entirely, actually, funny enough. Yeah. They have. Um. Well, mostly due to the whole virus thing. They started closing the store earlier. And uh, so they've stopped mixing paint. They've stopped... Um, selling guns. I think mostly to try to get okay. people to stay so basically like to one side of the store, side. but not really. Yeah, and then, uh, but I mean, then too, when like the thing came out where people were supposed to loot, they actually took all the guns that they had and like locked Ooh. them up in a different place entirely oh, where they weren't even visible to like. Nuts. Did you guys see where um, where um, I think it was <laughs> they... Ice Cube said. Uh, if you guys don't arrest anyone, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to cover that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But wait, Ice Cube has kind of gone crazy, dude. Because I don't know if you saw before really? that he posted some anti-Semitic something or other. Yeah, like there was a an image that like somebody had tweeted, and it was like all these places that were like in the shape of a square or like a cube. I don't remember what it was really. And then Ice Cube retweeted it with a picture of the Star of David, David, wow. with a cube in the middle of it, basically, you know, implying that uh, wow, thing that Jewish was really people funny were causing that, the problems. Um, he tweeted this photo of of Trump, but it was like it said on it, it was like the hunter becomes the hunted, but it was like a QAnon, uh, like it was a QAnon <laughs> post. But I don't think he took it as a QAnon post. I think he took it as like, you know, like it was Donald Trump causing madness and now people were going to go after him. But a bunch of like conservatives and QAnon people were like, wow, Ice Cube's on our side. And then like his next post was like, F Trump. So, <laughs> so it was very clearly he literally just saw a picture and it was like, oh, hmm, yes. That's interesting. Yeah, I, um, man, I... I don't know. I I do you guys ever watch the Hill, the YouTube videos with like Crystal Ball? Um, they they're kind of like she's more progressive, and he is uh, the the male commentator is more like uh, conservative. Have you guys ever watched that? Okay, um, I have not, was, but I know what you're talking about. She was they were on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard of that podcast. It's not as good as this one. Um, but uh, I, they were on there talking about, you know, the protests and stuff. And uh, Joe Rogan talks about, you know, the rioters and how he just doesn't agree with them. And, you know, Joe Rogan's kind of, you know, like us, he's more progressive. But, you know, he just was concerned about the rioters. Um, and uh, Crystal Ball made a good point, And she's just like, you know, well, at what point do we say, well, maybe these people have just had enough. Like maybe these people, like who are we to say that they're wrong? You know, like the, the black lives matter movement, they're just, you know, over it, they're over it all. And they're wanting to burn it all down, you know? Um, 
you know, and it goes to that whole thing that we've talked about before, which is, you know, classism and, um, you know, the, the corporate elite taking over and, um, you know, sometimes you have to, uh, to make a point, I guess, you know, I guess throughout history, that's what people have done and that's how changes happen. So we'll see what happens from. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, you see all these people finally, I mean, look, if you push people down long enough, I mean, you, the, the boiler is going to boil over at some point and, uh, Find a better way to. Yeah, protect. right. You can't kneel. You can't march. It's crazy, right? I mean, literally, my dad, he's been sharing <laughs> a ton of videos on Facebook. I guess I'll just call him out straight up. Uh, a bunch of videos on Facebook of like, it'll be like young black men, and the videos will be like, uh, black black man exposes black lives matter. And right I'm like, dude, what? Like, it was some. Some tattooed guy has like tattoos on his head. I don't know. He's in like a, a heavy metal rock band or something. And he was like doing this, uh, doing examples with uh, Sharpie markers or something or Expo markers and trying to tell you how it's all just a ploy for like the Democratic Party and big corporations and stuff. That's what the whole Black Lives Movement is to put money in their pocket. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the I think thing. I saw that actually. Yeah, you know, um, uh, you know, it just kind of goes back to the whole Facebook thing <laughs> with the the fake news, and um, I don't know, man. I mean, I think that ultimately what's going to come out of this is like ten, fifteen years from now, we'll look back on this and we'll be like, man, I'm so glad that we were part of the group that like stood for you know good, um, and we'll also look back and be like, holy crap, that was that was a crazy ass time that we were in, like. There was a lot of craziness going on and people were sharing the craziest stuff. Um, but hopefully we'll also look back and see that we made a huge step in the right direction to change. So if not, if not, if in 15 years we've looked back and there hasn't been change, um, you guys will be able to find me in New Zealand. Um, that's where Megan and I will have uh, moved to and uh, raised our family. So. Did you see where, which speaking of New Zealand, where they are like haven't had any coronavirus cases? Like that's true. They're literally having cool, like, I saw where pool, you shared that thing. Sports events, bro. They are just they're just ahead of the game. They're ahead of the game. I mean, because they've they've got eradicated. That, you know, universal health care. Um, they're taking care of the people, man. Megan and I are hoping to take a trip there in January. Um. Yeah, I've I've seriously considered. I've considered a few. I've considered moving to New Zealand before I, for sure. I think the top ones on mine right now are uh, South Korea, Vietnam, uh, New Zealand, Mexico. South Korea would be really great too. They're 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 ahead of the game too. Them and New Zealand are are doing really really well. I think uh, Vietnam is very underlooked, especially for how uh, how low the cost of living is there. Yeah. I've also heard they're super welcoming yeah, to like American, of, American expatriates and stuff. But in the Vietnam War, they're go, go back. And they're like, they're like, damn, you know, I was on yeah. the wrong side. I was like, damn. damn. That's pretty wild. I don't think they really say that, but I'm just. I... 
Is that that big slop told you? Yeah. I heard it through I heard it through the slot vine. Yeah. That's a it must be special. Um but yeah, (laughs) crazy man. Crazy, crazy. I mean, shoot, can you believe that they're getting rid of the Confederate flag? I mean, that's that's some craziness. Like all the like NASCAR is um done with it. I mean, so in Woodstock, um Megan and I, we like uh, participated in a protest uh, last Sunday, um, which was super moving. It was really cool to be a part of. And people were like getting up and telling their stories. And most of the protests in downtown Woodstock have been um, have been really, really positive and good. Uh, Well, now with all this Confederacy crap that's gone on this week, um, there have been people protesting beside the Black Lives Matter protesters with their Confederate flags. and uh, today when I was down there, uh, I walked downtown just to get some exercise. And uh, there was a guy in a huge, big, jacked up truck uh, playing the national anthem with a Confederate flag and American flag flying out of the back of his truck, um, speaking over a speakerphone that said, uh, make America great again. Those people like, they know what they're doing. Like, they, they want to say heritage <laughs> Here's or whatever, the but they know what they're doing. The Confederacy of the United States, it didn't even last 10 years. Yeah. What heritage do they have for a failed insurrection that did not even last 10 years? Like, yeah. Well, not even that, but that's literally flying. I, the way I see it, it's flying yeah. the Confederate well, flag yeah. is I almost mean, the can, same thing as flying like a Nazi I would say flag. That you're pretty spot you can't kind of like something that I I don't know, if, Ethan. You saw that I got in a Facebook argument with someone about that, um, um and you know it. It's I did. Yeah, I saw that like, too. <laughs> you know, the Confederate flag is prominent in white supremacy and uh, the KKK. So why? Would you ever want to associate yourself with those groups? I mean, shoot, they're trying to make the KKK, which, you know, justifiably so, a um, a terrorist organization. Like, they should have been a terrorist organization for a long time. And they fly the Confederate flag. Yeah. So why would you ever want to associate yeah, yourself absolutely. with that? Unless you agree with those principles. Like, It's like flying an ISIS flag. Like, yes, exactly. So. And the thing is, the thing is, like you were saying, Europeans, like people in Germany, neo-Nazis in Germany and a lot of countries who have outlawed the the uh, Nazi flag, the way they get around it is they literally fly Confederate flags. Really? Like, that's what they do because they're like, same, like they're able to still give that message, that hint, hint, wink, wink kind of message. Like, because, you know, in Germany, you can't fly a Nazi flag. Like, yeah. They learned. They learned from from their history and from their mistakes. You're not gonna. I mean, they outlawed that. It's, they made it a shameful thing. Yeah. And here, I mean, over here with the Confederate flag, people fly it with with this warped sense of pride, as though you know. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I saw the other day where some guy commented on uh, somebody's thing on Facebook. I like how we just have a recurring theme yeah. here of just weaving the in and state, out of Facebook, the, but the that's where all the craziness happens right now. It seems like you can't go out into the world, so you see it all on And putting my full uh, opinions and comments on Twitter without having to get into arguments. Uh, Facebook is where I really have to, oh, uh, yeah. you know, 
think sure. about everything that I'm going to say before I put it on there, because I know that I'm going to have to have like these spot on educated like responses. So I can't, you know, I can't mess around on Facebook. But um, I saw where this guy like commented something about the Confederate flag, you know, and he was like, way to go. And then somebody was like, well, my grandfather and his grandfather and his grandfather, you know, they all fought in the wars. And one of them was like fought for the Confederacy. And the guy was like, well, then that means your great, great grandfather was a racist. I wouldn't want to be telling people that. No, it's really, really funny, actually. Did you know that they fly the Confederate flag in Brazil? Really? And this is why. So after obviously after the confederacy got whipped um a group of like confederates moved like they kind of went down to to uh this place in brazil it's close to this place called americana and they started they tried to start their own like community there basically uh and they tried to make their own like south american south but it obviously Obviously, it didn't really garner garner uh, strength, but uh, I'm reading this thing that says, five generations later, people living near the town of Americana, Brazil, gather four or five times a year for festivals where they dress up in rebel uniforms and they dance to old Dixie songs like Turkey in the Straw and the Yellow Rose of Texas. What? Oh, yeah. my God. That's I'm really this interesting. <laughs> they call themselves the Confederados. What the heck? That's really yeah. interesting. <laughs> I mean, um, huh? That's well, pretty interesting. Uriel, do you have any, um, you know, travel plans uh, once coronavirus kind of, um, you know, they figure things out with that? Have you planned any trips or had any trips delayed? Uh, I didn't have anything queued up. I kind of, I was on the verge of uh, queuing something up. So I have a lot, and I mean, I have like almost seven thousand sky miles right now. Oh wow! So. Once, you know, once this is all settled up and I've, I mean, I use my, every time I use my card, you know, $1 is one point. So hopefully by this year, I'll have something, you know, something for free, hopefully round trip somewhere. I want to go to Japan. Japan has been, you know, I kind of want to do that this year because I thought I'd be able to find something round trip and pay a lot of it with those points. So I mean, but I've been wanting to go to Japan for years now. That's that's been like my my uh, main touristy place that I want to visit for a while. And then maybe you know wherever I can get to Mexico. Yeah, I, I like Asia. Asia is a, a fun. It's a cool place to visit. I've only been once, but I was lucky enough to hit you know three major cities when I was over there. And you know, it's just such a it's just such a different way of society, and you know community is structured like i remember i I got off the uh the uh subway the train in in beijing and i was like this is like the cleanest subway like it didn't smell like pee there was like no trash it didn't look run down like it almost looked brand new and i was like wow was it like i remember i asked my guy who or the guy who was with us i was like was this like just built and he was like oh this was built in like the 60s and i was like yo like this looks brand new. Like they take care of, of their public works and they do like, that's the thing for me. It's like, they, they invest so much into their infrastructure and like, like the, just the quality of life things that, you know, you just don't get here. Like, 
Yeah. I, I think for Marta, like Marta for Marta for me has been a reliable service, you know, but sadly it only goes two directions and yep. it only goes so far. You know, it's not it's it just has the investment and it hasn't been there. Right. And I don't know people with like the subway in New York with the MTA or like the subway in uh like Chicago. When I went to the subway in Chicago, it smelled like pee and like these cars look incredibly run down. Like they just don't put any money in it. And then like I, I'm always reading horror stories of, of New York and how late their trains can be. And I'm just like, there can be a better way. Like there's is this isn't this isn't the natural order of things, you know? But this like, is America, can, bro. Yeah. It's the sad. It's the sad part. You know, the culture's Yeah. Yeah, that's what kills me is when people well, you yeah. know, when you say things like that and people are like, Well, you can't do that realistically. But then you can give so like you seventeen like examples of like where every other about, place uh, does universal it. Universal healthcare says that that just doesn't make sense yet. Almost every other developed country has it. Yeah. I I agree. Yeah. That's frustrating, man. For Absolutely. Sure. That's literally yeah. we uh Megan and I actually we are actually leaving for Colorado next week. We have a trip planned out there. Um flying in on the 23rd and spending uh seven days out in colorado um yeah it's gonna be fun we um we got uh we booked our tickets like right when coronavirus hit for uh 90 dollars round trip on uh southwest so yeah yeah uriel we've got to get ethan on this travel game man that's true Dude, I'm not. Look, <laughs> man, the Mart does not Doug, pay me enough to money to be traveling places, houses, dog. Boy. True. Yeah, I'm. Look, I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. I um, I literally, at one point, tried to get Seth and Uriel and Austin yeah. to all go get our real realtor license or whatever. <laughs> and dude, they like, straight up they like bullied that, me for I days like after job, about so. that, bro. <laughs> they were literally like, "You're such an idiot, dude." The 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 housing market is so unpredictable. Why would you do that? Cap, that's you Cap. freaking idiot. Dang. And I was like, "Dude, like, hold on." Dang. That is not Cap, all, dude. Yeah. And I see now, Dude, I'm like, telling you. I mean, obviously, uh, James, you've proven that, I mean, it can I mean, yeah, be done. Yeah, you do have some crazies that you have to deal with, but, um, I mean, real estate's been treating me good, that's for sure. I mean, hopefully it continues. Hopefully we don't have another crisis, like, you know, 2020 is burning to the ground, but, you know, I'm still selling houses. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's been wild. Basically, the, the reason so yeah. you see some realtors be super successful or not successful is, Thankfully, the company that I work for, they provide leads. So basically, if you get on Zillow or you get on Realtor.com and you inquire about a house in Cedartown, basically, or anywhere, basically, and it'll, um, you know, where you can put your information, your phone and email address. Um, if you do that as just a regular person, uh, you think that you're contact- contacting the person that is selling that house. But actually, you're pinging out to like 20 different buyers, agents like myself, and it says, hey, 
John Smith from Cedartown needs help with this house um, and gives you the address, their phone number, their email address, like everything. And so basically it pings to my phone and I'm like, oh, wait, I got to call John right now. And so I call him and I'm like, hey, you want to see that house today? And they're like, yeah, I want to see the house today. I go show them the house and <laughs> I have a new client. So, yeah. So whereas other agencies like um, that's pretty crazy, Keller man. Williams and people like that, a, a lot of times they don't provide you leads. And so you basically have to go out like I've had friends who have been in it for five months and haven't even showed a house. I mean, so, you know, it's it, they have to like literally go through the phone book and just call wow. random people and say, hey, you thought about listing your house. It's a great time to list. And, you know, these people are like cussing them out on the phone. And so thankfully, I never have to deal with that. um yeah and i saw what was it yesterday i think it was where you posted um it's been all the towns and cities that you've sold houses yeah it was a lot i mean it's been all the way up in 10 or 11 georgia going towards like south carolina um i've sold and like going south like near macon i have a guy that's potentially wanting to buy a house in savannah that i sent him the other day um I mean, you know, I don't want to drive all the way to Savannah and show him that house, but, you know, I'll definitely sell him that house if he wants to. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's, yeah. that's how it works, man. They, <laughs> yeah, for they sure. provide you, but the company I work for just provides you so much. So basically the, the only way you're not successful is if you're lazy, you know, and if you just put in a little bit of effort, you can make some money. So thankfully, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys can crush it, man. Thought police, thought police, uh, realtors at large. Yep. Thought police LLC. Let's go. <laughs> We're conglomerate. We, we, we keep a hand in many pots. So. Dude, True, man. Um, man, I've, I've been on here and talking to you guys. I know that you guys typically don't run over an hour. I mean, I'm, I, I'm good to talk for however long you guys want to talk. If you were ready to end it. It's up to you guys. We can, go, we can go a little longer. I mean, I think the first little bit, we had a lot of trouble starting it up anyway. So, okay. Yeah. It was just then, Uriel man. playing like Steely uh, Dan. Or big the Steely speakers, Dan. So. <laughs> so, James, I didn't realize till you sent it the other day, and I don't know why I didn't realize this. I should have. But uh, I didn't realize uh, that Rodney, James's father, yeah, went yeah, to he, Emory uh, in Florida State. He graduated. I did from not Emory realize that at all, school, man. Um, and he attended uh, Florida State University for like a year. Um, but yeah, uh, craziness. And it was in the fifties. And you know how those schools back then? Uh, it was zero. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Probably. Yeah, it's crazy, like man. Zero. It's uh. <laughs> Uh, he was obviously yeah. super blessed to have a, a, a dad in the, so those of you listening, my dad was real old. Like he was born in 1934. So, um, he, uh, was 52 when I was born, but, um, but yeah, so his dad grew up in the early 1900s and had land and, um, you know, land in Hiram, Georgia, literally acres of land that he ended up just giving to his family. And, um, they eventually like sold that land and became millionaires. Um, but, uh, so, uh, 
my dad's dad, my grandfather, who I never met, but uh, he, you know, had opportunities and sent my dad to, you know, a great school. Um, my dad graduated, uh, was a dentist at 24 years old, um, and uh, initially worked, I believe, in Atlanta as a dentist, and then um, bought uh, or worked at the hospital as a dentist in um, Cedartown, and then eventually opened his own practice in Cedartown. Um, but uh, and then worked in Cedartown for 50 something years as a dentist, which is just completely insane to think about. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I, I remember my dad always telling me sure. a story about whenever he was at Emory university. Um, I, I, am sure you guys have read about this in history books and I, I'm going to have to do some research on it real quick, but, um, there was, do you guys remember reading in history about like the, the syphilis, um, thing in Alabama? Like, yeah, yes. The, the Tuskegee yes. syphilis experiments yes. or something and like that, where like they, they had 300, I think it was 399 story that black they, guys they syphilis had, or black people. I don't there was like placebo and stuff like that. And they were basically, I think like they get yeah, cure, but they wouldn't cure them um, or something. So basically like whenever my dad was at Emory, um, they had to do um, like basically how you go into your science class and you have to uh, dissect a frog or whatever they did that to a human being at Emory university. And so they did that with one of the people that died during the Tuskegee thing. They got one of the black men that died in that and worked on him at Emory and did the whole like dissecting to understand the parts of the human body, which is, yeah. I mean, how crazy is that just to, to even think about and that is um, i mean he went to dental school he wasn't like but for some reason they were dissecting a whole human being at emory university back in the 50s yeah. um but um but yeah i mean just think about that though in the broader scale the things that we've talked about on the podcast is you know systemic racism and you know the way that um white america's minds have been molded and things like that and think about you know they basically gave this human who they had set up to die and gave them to a prominent university in atlanta to then dissect and treat as an animal basically you know um and you think about you know the the generational problems that you know have persisted after that and the mindsets and you know there's an example of it so No. See, and that's so crazy yeah, I mean, because, like you said, that was the fifties. That's not even that today. long ago. That's what, like, seven yeah. years, maybe. So. Wow, there's literally people who were literally like alive for a minute. Then, yeah, Those people, were, people were ninety years old. There's a lot of people who are like ninety years old. People are living longer and longer. So, what the Civil Rights uh, Act wasn't passed until the sixties? Is that right? Before, I think it was sixty. Yeah. So there were people that were fourteen years old and. You know, that I mean, my mom went to, yeah. um, you know, segregated schools and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, it's just crazy to think about. And that's that's kind of like what I, you know, was trying to circle around to earlier is that, you know, though uh, it's hard to understand, you know, some mindsets of the white community in a sense, you know, you have to be slightly 
empathetic and the way that you approach them as well and say, Hey, you're the way that you were raised and the, the way that you were basically brainwashed to believe that all these things were okay. Um, you know, you need to look back on that and, and understand that none of that was okay. And none of what's currently happening is okay. And, you know, we need to be better and, you know, hopefully make the world a better place. So, but. Yeah. I think that a lot of people that age just assume that like. So, right. Racism, yeah. specifically systemic racism the ended is, with the past. The thing the, is, uh, too, with the voting, with the voting act, you know, and just, that yeah, uh, just passed not. alongside it in that time as well. A lot of the protections in that were gutted. Like a lot of the things that that made sure that everybody could could have the same access to vote and be yeah. part of the political process have been gutted by the Supreme Court. So, like, it's like these acts, some of them. The, the small protections that they offered, they just, you know, what good, what good are they doing us now? You know, right. It has to be, there has to be more people say, well, that was enough. That wasn't enough. That, that, that should have been the first step. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, literally just take a look of this week with the voting that happened in Georgia and all the, communities that had yeah. like and that's a that's what, a part like of that broken machines and lines that and, were and, hours you know, and hours long and you know i you know so something that troy and i had talked about i mentioned him earlier in the podcast he was in my wedding um he yeah oh gosh top notch um so the uh gave a great speech <laughs> um sorry i lost my train of thought um what were we talking about um, really, quick, really quick side note. Really quick side note about your wedding. I was actually supposed to be there, but Ethan uninvited me as his guest <laughs> oh, after he invited crazy. me. So I just want, I just wanted to bring Dude, that. That's out. ridiculous because it would have been, it would have been a lit. That's time. we had some, some great food, some great <laughs> margaritas, whiskey margaritas, bro, whiskey margaritas. I was ready to pop, lock, and drop it on the dance floor, and Ethan was like, "It's hey, true." They, Oh, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, here's the thing, dude. Wait, listen. Literally, yeah. I should have drove up there myself, but I didn't. I rode up with my parents the day before because we all stayed uh, there. Uh-huh. You know, him and yeah. what, Jonah, my cousin Jonah, cousin Caleb, who we were talking about earlier. We all stayed up there <laughs> um, and all the people who were in the wedding, except for Seth. Seth did not stay up there, but that's another story for another time. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't drive up there, so I just rode with uh, – I think I rode with Blake around. I think that's who I rode around with when I was up there. Um, and yeah. so when the when the wedding started, like after everybody ate, literally my parents were ready to go. Man. You so missed, we left like, at like – like, What, like 8 o'clock, like before anything even got started? Bro. Like I was – I mean, I was, I, I had some smooth moves, like all the Usher videos <laughs> I, I, that I had video. watched, you know, growing up paid off in that moment. Uh, yeah. I mean, all the sync dance moves I had like, you could tell, that's bedroom. the thing you could tell, dude, it was, it was on. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like, uh, yeah. I don't. 
Yeah, I don't know. That was yeah. They they if wanted me, to leave you super had early, there, so then I didn't. Dude, you know, we could have we could have the night away, bro. But I know, bro. There was like, dude, we had so many rooms available too. Like that, we had like a whole like I mean, huge house that like on property. We had the uh, the cabin had tons of bedrooms. Like, bro. I mean, you know, we'll go back in time one day, and you know, once they build this time machine, we'll we'll make sure that you're there. Sure, we'll just have to, we'll have to do it all for Ethan's wedding. Yes. The, <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember the guy Brent, who uh, Brent Brent is I shared my, a room uh, with. He actually had to leave the, the room because I was snoring so loud. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he. I remember waking up and seeing him on the couch, and I was like, "Yeah, bro, are you okay?" And he's like, "Dude, your cousin needs to see a doctor." <laughs> That's true. <laughs> bro, it's like, bro, I thought I heard him <laughs> snoring last night, dog. And your ass was like, and then, like at the top oh. floor, diagonal to where my room was. And I could like hear you. Um, yeah, you got that figured out, though, didn't you? I was on some logs, bro. Yeah. Um. Well, I went to the doctor and they like tested me for like sleep apnea or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they were like, "Here, we're gonna make you an appointment to go talk to like a sleep specialist." So, but actually, uh, I never I went. Say, so. Yes, Uriel, you should have been there. It was a great. So time. I probably need to. It was great dancing, sometime. great food, great music. I mean, honestly, it was, it was, it was really good, man. I, I wish you could have been there, but um, I do remember what I was gonna say though earlier about the voting. So um, the systemic racism part about the voting thing is, you know, Troy and I have talked about how, you know, it'd be really cool if like when you went to the polls, if um, like, you know, the healthcare for all or like legalizing marijuana, like if you could just put those things like, hey, do you want to legalize marijuana and then say yes or no, you know, and like people just vote for it. You know, the problem with that is like, you know, as you guys have seen, when you go vote, the questions are like outrageous and they're twisted in like the most crazy SAT form that you're like, wait, am I, am I agreeing to this or am I disagreeing with this? I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Uh, and so, you know, that's a problem. And when I went and voted on Tuesday, um, you know, I went in and I was like, um, they said, do you want Democratic, Republican or nonpartisan? And I, for the most part, don't choose a party. I, I would rather just vote for who I want to vote for. And so I was like, yeah, well, I'll do the nonpartisan, I guess. And so they gave me that that ballot and then I put it in the thing and I'm literally just voting for randos that I've never even heard of before. And then it ends and I can't even vote for the people I want to vote for. And so then I have to go back to the to the front of the line and tell them like, hey, like I didn't get to vote for anyone I wanted to vote for. And I chose the nonpartisan thing. And they're like, oh, no, you have to choose Republican or Democrat. And I was like, what? Like, you can't just, like, vote for whoever you want to vote for. And they're like, no, you have to choose. Like, if you want to wow. vote for anyone else, you have to you have to write them in. And so basically I had to get a Democrat uh, ballot and vote for and basically just had all the Democrats on the ballot. And so basically it chose, like my choices for me because, you know, and for the most part, I was going to be voting for Democrats anyways. Um, but still, you know, I, um, as you guys know, on, on Twitter, I'm pretty, um, vocal about my displeasure with both parties. Um, but, uh, 
but yeah, I, and, and, you know, that's the frustrating thing is that they don't educate us in high school about this. They don't even educate us about voting in college, about how that process works, what it looks like, like why it's important, um, you know, like what you're going to do when you show up to vote. I mean, dude, I'm in my thirties and I'm like confused as to what I'm supposed to do at a freaking voting poll. And I've voted every year that I've been able to. So, you know, it's, you know, that's a part of the systemic problem too, is that, you know, they don't want people to be educated about it. They don't want people to vote. Um, They want to keep people from voting as much as possible. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's why you saw the long lines that you did. I mean, I saw a thing where they, they shut down like tons of voting polls in Texas because they didn't want, uh, because in those, uh, cities or towns or wherever that they had these voting stations it was a very big mexican community and they didn't want them to vote and so they shut down all those polling locations and they had to drive like hours to go vote somewhere i mean if you're a minority they don't want you to vote um so yeah i don't know if you're poor they don't want you to vote if you're minority they don't want you to vote yep if you're young they don't want you to vote they want affluent. They, I mean, there's no other way to say it. They want affluent, affluent uh, people who who would vote conservative or who would vote for a more corporate candidate who, yeah. who whose whose interests also align, I guess, with I hate to say it, but the ruling elite of the United States. They want them to vote, so it looks like they they are there by popular rule rather than by. Uh, engineered engineered oppression and you know a, a false democracy because right. if you think about it people are always like oh they're going to take away our freedoms they're going to take away our freedoms if you think about it which freedoms do we have left you know which when when so much when so many people are like chained to to student loan debts to medical debts they can't see a doctor they they go to the hospital and they come out with a $15,000 hospital bill bro i just saw a a report today where this guy was in the hospital with coronavirus for like two months he's got a one million dollar bill exactly what is the freedom in that what freedom what freedoms are they going to take from us next like we we don't have the right to privacy patriot act make sure we don't get any of that like they spy on us already and especially people are like oh you know uh uh I saw this. You remember the beginning of coronavirus? There was this popular tweet that was like, that test looks like they just put a chip in the back of your throat. It's like, why would they put a chip in the back of your throat? They already spy on you and nobody cares about it. Like, right. you, already, you give Facebook all this information. Like, you give all of these, and I'm going to say, you give Twitter, you give all of these internet companies all your information, Google, everybody, all these things, and they give that to the government anyway. And the government just takes it if they want it. So, like, yeah. What chip is that going to do? You're, they're like, oh, but they can track you. Your cell phone. If you turn on location services, they can track you anyway. Like, yeah. which freedoms? You wait, have wait, to wait. scan your face every time you open your phone, bro. So <laughs> sometimes, it feels, yeah, exactly. Sometimes it feels like the only freedoms people are like, oh, they're going to take this freedom exactly. from. The only freedom that, that they're worried about is freedom to be racist. Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah, especially especially going back to the Confederate flag thing, it's like, oh, it's not about the flag, it's about your freedoms, and it's like, yeah, they're taking away your, your freedom to be racist, basically. Right, exactly. So yeah. it's like, I mean, you, are, yeah, yeah, go ahead, son. It, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just the, 
the the money controls this country so you know if you have if you have uh money you're part of a big corporation you know like you've seen where uh amazon the waltons like jeff bezos like all those people have uh, gotten richer during all of this as 50 million people are without jobs and you know i i megan and i neither of us have health insurance and i'm like i was thinking about that today like and I, we probably really need to figure something out about that. And then I'm like, well, actually, no, I don't really give a shit because, you know, like I, I went to one of uh, Megan's doctor's appointments uh, <laughs> a few months ago. And uh, this is while she was on her parents' insurance before she turned 26. And uh, the doctor there, uh, her sister is a doctor in Canada. And she said, um, I was like, hey, so, you know, Megan's about to be off. Um, her parents health insurance you know what do you recommend like what have you seen works best and she said honestly do not get health insurance she said don't do it like it's bullcrap she said if you want just just pay cash if you have cash barter with um, barter with the hospitals or the doctor's offices and try to work out the best deal you can because that's going to be the best for you she said what's what's annoying is that you know in canada you know there's more transparency and um you know they have universal health care so people are able to go to the doctor and you know people have this thing that you know oh well you have to wait weeks to be seen at a doctor up there which is not true um and she said but you know for here my brother doesn't have health insurance and she said so he just he just pays cash um and she said so you know, the transparency here is messed up because, you know, she's coming in for this procedure. There's someone else who could come in for the same procedure. Literally, there could be four people back to back to back to back that come in for the same procedure. Um, and she said, and I can't tell you what it's going to cost anyone. And she said, and that's messed up that I can't tell your wife how much this is costing her or the next person what it's going to cost her because they have totally different insurance plans and, you know, it could cost one girl $800 for this, where it could cost the other girl $20 for this, when it all should be level across the field. Um, and she said, and that's what sucks, is that people are paying a middleman to take care of their health, when really it should just be pay paying the people directly or, you know, really, ultimately, it should be covered by the government. But Yeah, do you want... Do you want me to tell you? Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna straight up say my health. I have health insurance, right? I have health insurance. Perfect. And I, it, but after dealing with it, you know, because I was, you know, I was in the hospital for like three days after I was in the ER because, like, you know, they had to figure out what was wrong with me before they let me go without, you know, without knowing what caused pancreatitis, which can kill you, you know, if left untreated. And literally, do you know what my bill was? Like, I finally saw the bill from that stay. First off, my health insurance is, I don't think it's quote unquote bad, but my deductible is two and a half thousand dollars, meaning that I have to pay out of my pocket before the insurance pays anything, before they pay a single dime, I have to pay two and a half thousand dollars. And after that, I have to pay, I think it's 20% of everything they pay after that. The, just just the stay in the hospital, just those three nights in the hospital was $15,000. Wow. It was $15,000. So right now, I haven't even ha like I haven't even gotten the bill for my surgery yet. 
So, but like I'm sitting at like, I think the last time I checked, my res- my quote unquote responsibility is like five thousand dollars that I have to pay. Wow. And I'm just at what point, you know, at what point does it even like? And I mean, I'm pretty sure I can work it out. Like I'm pretty sure I can figure it out. But for someone who is, I guess, not as fortunate as me, who maybe is more check to check and like, you know, who doesn't, you know, I, I don't earn a lot, but I save a lot of money, right? Like I'm, you know, you can kind of ask Ethan, I'm kind of cheap, but like, I like, cause I like to save my money. Like, you know, cause I've, it's always for a rainy day sort of thing for somebody who's not like that or for somebody who doesn't have the privilege of being able to live like that, who has to, you know, the bills piling up and like they live check to check. How is that feasible? How is that existence sustainable for so many people? And like, especially for anybody who's on, who's, who's making minimum wage, this is not a sustainable way to model a healthcare system. No. Yeah, no, it's not. And so I, I have similar story. So um, I think I maybe have told Ethan about this before. I mean, Megan had the surgery that I was telling you guys about before that she had like the gas or whatever pumped in her. Um, Well, so during that stint, so she literally had to go in for a, um, you know, outpatient thing. And it literally was just in and out. We were there for, you know, two, three hours, maybe. And we were done. So we, she was on her dad's health insurance at the time. Well, um, after that was done, a few months later, we started getting the bills and, and it was like crazy amounts of, of bills. And I was like, wait, like, is this bill true? Like, you know, it's saying that we owe $10,000 uh, for, for this. And it's saying that we owe, you know, $6,000 for that. And it's saying we owe another $10,000 for this. And I was like, I'm so confused. And th- my mom was like, well, no, I think they just send you like the, the bill, the breakdown first. And then her, her dad's, you know, insurance will cover it. Well, actually, it wasn't that. Her dad's health insurance didn't cover any of it because there was a small print in the company that he works for that the particular female things that, you know, she was having done, they didn't cover, which it was like in small print that they cover everything but this. Um, And what it was, it was like Megan had um, endometriosis that she had to like get cleared out and they didn't cover those type of specific issues. Um, but we ended up getting bills for, it was over $40,000 of bills. Yes. And so she, um, you know, I was panicking because like, I'm the one that panics over health bills and, and just bills in general and money and things like that. But I was like freaking out. I was like, Oh my God, we're like done. Like, (laughs) let me go like draw up a life insurance plan. I'll trip over the balcony. We live on the fourth floor. Um, you know, then you'll be able to pay it off. Um, uh, but I'm just kidding guys. Like (laughs) that's, (laughs) I would never do that. Uh, but I, um, (laughs) yeah Um, but uh but yeah so um what ended up happening we might want to scrap that just in case though freaking had to i wrote a letter to so and this is what sucks is like i didn't know that this is how it works but you end up getting a bill from the anesthesiologist you end up getting the bill from the specific doctor you end up getting a bill from the hospital you end up getting a bill for 
um, from the pharmacy and you get a bill from the lab. So you get bills from all these different things and they're all separate. It's not just one bill. It's all separate. And so they just end up keep coming in. And, uh, you know, eventually they're like, you know, you have until this date to pay or, you know, then we'll tape, send you to collections. Well, I wrote up a freaking letter that was like two and a half pages long. And I just like basically laid it all out there and was like, look, I don't know how the heck you guys expect us to pay this. There's absolutely no way that we can. Literally, here is a, a an Excel spreadsheet of our bills that we pay every month. This is how much our rent is. This is how much we bring in every month. And doing the math here, I, you know, ultimately, you tell me where the money's going to come from to pay these bills. And I went up to the hospital and met with, like, the accountants and all these people. Eventually, thank the Lord, I hassled them enough to where they wrote the whole thing off. We didn't have to pay anything. They wow. covered the $40,000. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, so you know, I did yeah, a lot I, of research, and there are—I don't think you've ever told me this one. That's to crazy. They use those things as like tax write-offs, but that fortunately for me, I have enough resources to where I could do research and be like, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to take care of this? I'm going to call these people, this these people, that people. Whereas, like for some other people, they may just get those bills and be like, oh my god, I'm screwed. Like I've got to pay this. I've got to do this now. I've got to do that. You know, they, they don't know that you can go up to the hospital and literally barter with them and like tell them like, you know, this isn't going to happen. Like, I can't pay it. I don't have the money. Like, you have to give me a better option because, you know, here's our story. This is what we're, we're up against. And, you know, we're going to be in a really tough spot for a long time if we don't get some assistance. And thankfully, you know, they used to use those as tax write offs and they wrote it off. They literally just wrote it all off. Um, crazy. The crazy thing is like, you should have never had to go to that hassle anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so just imagine that, you know, other people that are out there that are having to go through those things and they don't know about those resources. They don't know how to do it. And so they're screwed. Who knows how many people are like struggling mentally or financially because of that, because they don't know of the opportunities like that. But yes, ultimately we need to find a better way to make people in this country not feel like, you know, them going to the doctor is a financial death sentence and maybe a literal death sentence. Exactly. Uh, so I think, I think that uh, we're hitting about an hour and a half. So I think this is actually a very good, very good point to, to make before we wrap up. And honestly, I think that we should have James on again, because this has probably been one of our best. I think this has been really one of our best conversations on the entire show, Ethan. I don't know if you Oh, so, you, you're just saying that, bro. No, no, there's no cap on that. There's no cap no on cap. that. I, I think you're it's all true. But bro. you know, and as James we can start said, running, we can start running real estate ads on here too. You know? Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> once we start, once we start, Thought Police Homes Incorporated. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> anything, anything you want to leave the people with, James, before we before we sign this one off? Yeah, go follow me and my wife at James and Meg on Instagram. We're trying to pop off and we want you guys to be a part of it. Um, we're about to go on a really cool trip. Do I? How many? 9,700 followers. We How many followers do you guys have? Because last time I looked, you guys had like 9,000 something. Some great status. I mean, here's the thing. You guys get us to 10K 
and we're going to be giving we're going to do a giveaway we may do like a rent giveaway you know like <laughs> you you get us to 10k we'll pay for someone's rent you know maybe we'll give away like 500 bucks maybe a thousand dollars i mean we'll do that if you guys can get us to 10k um you know we'll show some love by doing a really cool giveaway um you know we have some cool giveaways in the future when disney opens back up we're going to do like a disney trip giveaway um but once we get the swipe up, we're going to show all of our trips on our YouTube page and show our Colorado trip and how to do it on the cheap. So, yeah. At James and Meg. Yeah, if you just do at James and Meg, it comes up. So yeah. that's home say, folks. At they have James some top quality, some top Meg, quality photos, it? some top quality content on there. So I, I don't have Instagram okay. anymore, but when I did, that was a, that was a top quality account. So Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Megan, Megan is the truth. She's, she's the best at Instagram. I, um, I just come up with the ideas. That's true. Ethan, you got anything? <laughs> um, so I guess what that about, that about wraps it up, man, you know, I don't have anything yeah, to I appreciate follow the thought police on Twitter. Time. I'm and sorry, Instagram. You know, sometimes I a little more sometimes I post things on the Instagram every now and then. <laughs> I was uh, I was going in deep. This is just like a step for my political campaign um, in the future. Um, you know, when I run for president, so uh, hopefully the boost, hopefully it's a boost and not a hindrance. No way. People look back on it, man. When when thought police is popping off, you know, got hey, like four hundred thousand streams a month. I mean, they'll be like, <laughs> dang, they were doing it. That's true. I just bought I just bought uh, some new PC parts. So Thought Police Gaming coming coming back soon. Let's go. Heck yeah. But uh all right, this has been a great episode and we'll definitely have James back again. And you know, <laughs> just want to leave everyone with a with a little piece of, of inspiration. Like James said earlier, you know, things can be better, you know, and things we we all deserve better. So, you know, now we're we're signing off. That's uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, you know, have a good one. Thanks, guys. Bye.